Welcome, bride chillas and groom chillas. Groom chillas, Alicia. Let's uh, let's workshop that. You're listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one wedding podcast hosted by author, comedian, and wedding advice giverer Alicia McCormick. For me, Call Your Girlfriend is the perfect storm of a podcast, right? Get with this. It's about a long-distance friendship. It's funny. I learn stuff which actually makes me seem a lot smarter than I actually am. And uh, it's Besties hosts, Amina and Anne, use the Robin song as their theme tune. Do I need to sell this thing to you anymore? Forget it. Of course not. Here's the other thing. Amina has been... I, you have to just help me out here. A bridesmaid in 10 weddings? Is that true? Oh my god, it's been more than 10 weddings. Shut I up. try to count them and I one point just got, re- I got like simultaneously sad and uh, <laughs> laughed too hard to continue doing it. When, yes. when you first wrote that to me in our lovely email correspondence, I'm like, firstly, you must be a top chick because to have over 10 friends that are saying, we want you to be in our wedding. That just gives you massive friends points. No oh, doubt. man. You know, I want to say that that's true. And I, I believe at my core that it is. <laughs> but there is also just this, you know, like, let's dive into it. Place. I went to a very small um, Christian co- um, high school. Mm. Um, it was boarding school and it was religious. So obviously, like, those kids started getting married at, like, you know, the high school graduation day plus one. <laughs> Just pumping out the way. Right? And it's like, yeah, it's like when you're 18 and you want to get married, you know, like, and you're getting married, like, who else is going to be in your, who else is going to be your bridesmaid? (laughs) But like, you know, the girl in your, like, soccer, in your soccer team or, you know, like, um, or your friend from chemistry class. (laughs) So it was honestly, you know, like those early, those early weddings, I would say were like kind of, they, I, I don't regret them, but it is really funny to see how a lot of those weddings have, like, a lot of those friendships have evolved. Yeah, and that's, I was going to ask you uh, how the first weddings, how the, the, well, obviously the difference aesthetically probably with trends, things, all that sort of bullshit's changed, but also are you still close friends with those people or are they friends from the past? You know, um, man, so many things. So first of all, I firmly believe that nobody should get married at 18 for firmly like economic and aesthetic reasons. Hell yes. I'm like, first of all, you don't have good enough taste to like throw a good party. That's like <laughs> step one. And two, like, you know, it, it, co- it costs a lot of money. And so it's interesting because some some women from that era, I would say, are definitely, like, friends from the past. Mm. You know, like, I'm still very fond of them, love them. Like, I click on every single one of their baby photos on Facebook. You, but, you get know, points like, we're not for close. that. That's amazing. And, and, and some of them are still, you know, like, they're good friends. But, I, you know, if I were getting married tomorrow, it would probably not be in my wedding. Fine. But- so... You know, but I think that that's also, it's interesting too, because every single one of them, God, I hope none of them listen to this. They're all listening. Every single one of them them had like told me some equivalent of um, a fear of them not being in my wedding, you know, because it's obviously a thing that is, I realize is supposed to be reciprocal. 
This is actually a really great contentious issue, which I'm going to just jump in back now and say, I don't think you have to do that. I just feel like that's a guilt trip that chicks put on each other and it really shits me. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, obviously I'm not doing it. One, <laughs> I'm like, first of all, there's too many of you. Two, probably, I don't even really believe in bridesmaids, you mm. know? Like, mm. I'm like, personally, like, if I got married, there would probably not be a wedding party because I, I think it's so, it's such an unnecessary burden on your friends. Agreed. But three, the, the other, like, crazy thing is that I'm also just not... um yeah, it's it's not a fantasy of mine to get married. So I don't think that that's in the cards for me personally. I get, you know, like I some get lots nice, of people like, that, I mean, that write to me and say, look, I never dreamed of the wedding. I never, and I'm doing it, but I've never had that fantasy. I've never thought about wearing the dress. I felt the same way. And I was like, well, I just want to have a great party. It's just about the party. I know, you know, but I think that like taking it one step further, like for me, even as a political institution, as a, as a straight person, it's something that I wrestle with mm. a lot. Mm. And, um, and so it's like, yes, it's like, I never grew up like thinking about the the dress or the party or, you know, even like just the thought of a party where my family and friends have to like be at the same place. I'm like, that's not going to happen for me. I just, you know, like I love my family. God bless them. Love my friends more than life. But the prospect of that, like really stresses me out. And that's, that's, its own, that's my own special set of neuroses. But I think, too, you know, that, like, challenging just, like, the wedding, you know, like, the wedding industrial complex and thinking about marriage as a political institution that's also really problematic mm. is something that is, like, hits very close to me. And I think it's wonderful. Well, it's wonderful now you're living in a country that has uh, accepted same-sex marriage legally now. Not that I come from a country that does that because Australia is still in the dark ages. I know it's, you know, and, and that's been like really awesome. The last like string of weddings that I've been to have been like awesome same sex weddings for, for friends that I I love dearly. Mm. But I think that again, you know, like on a political institutional level, like what we're seeing is that even gay marriage is getting very straight as opposed to getting queer. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. um, And everybody like just gets sucked into the same like heteronormative set of expectations. And that really, yeah, it really pisses me off. But at the same time, like, damn, you know, like the tax code is geared towards like straight people. So like clearly one day for economic reasons, it'll make sense. Yeah, eventually. But, yes. What I'm saying is that I'm not a very romantic person. Oh, uh, I've listened to them. I think you're romantic in so many different other ways. <laughs> I, now, people, people write to me and go, Alicia, I feel like we're friends. I feel like I know you. And I say... I feel like I'm friends with all my listeners and I feel like I know them too because they do disclose a lot of wonderful, weird shit to me. And It's true. Yeah, and I feel like, and this is going to sound a bit fangirl, but I feel like I know you and I'm part of your friendship group. So it's really- I believe it. Oh, I believe it. Isn't that wonderful though? Podcasting has really brought so many people together, but also connected people all over the world. I just get a bit gushy. I just fucking love podcasting. I know it's like any woman in my life like recently has been like oh I'm getting married and you know I just want to be chill about it or it's not a big deal I always send them your podcast because I was like hi here's one podcast with the whole premise is this thing so you get to indulge in all of your wedding porn fantasies (laughs) but also you get some real talk yeah you do and it's also just saying you know do the hell whatever the hell you want to do don't feel the pressure of this consumerist culture that we've become completely infatuated with and I am delighted that it's taken off because that's was my whole goal of this thing just to go listen let's all just relax 
Let's all Yeah, it is. You know, like, one, like, very cheesy thing that I always say that I'm sure I heard, like, somebody's, like, grandparents say along the way was, like, they were, like, don't, it was, like, it's thinking through, like, how much money you spend on a wedding, right? It was, like, don't spend all that money on your wedding. Spend it on your marriage. Mm. And I was, like, I have so much more, like, patience and respect for people who are, like, oh, yeah, like, we are, you know, like, we're saving to buy a house. We want, like, we have all of these, like, goals or whatever. And I'm, like, yes, like, I am happy to be in your community and support you doing that and really be in your corner than somebody who tells me they just want to throw, like, an obscene party for, you know, like, that just, like, adds just stress to everybody's lives. Totally. And, like, a six-hour party that they put on a credit card stresses me out so much. I get palpitations just thinking about that. No, it's true. And then just the expectations, too. It's, like, going back to, like, the being a bridesmaid's too many time thing. Um, because now I just um, – I guess a couple of years ago, I just like instituted the self rule where I started saying no, mm. because I realized that like, for me, financially, it was becoming very stretching, mm. you know? And like, I, I think back about that wedding where I was a bridesmaids when I was 18. And I'm going to be really honest, it was the first time in my life that I bounced a check. Because one, I like, nobody had told me about balancing your checkbook, which is, you know, I'm like, I'm 18. So I feel like I'm forgiven. But too, you know, it was just, I remember it spending like close to like $1,200, which in 2003, $2,004. That's like like a million dollars. Yeah, no, like that felt, you know what I mean? I like, I was 18 and like nothing, I don't think anything in my life, like not even my computer at that time cost that much money. (laughs) But it was just like, I had to buy this like really ugly dress. And then I had to buy, you know, like, these really ugly shoes that we had to dye and then you had to pay for a hotel and then you had to like all of these things like really started adding up and to me like you know I didn't think that I could say no to my friend like that was not a that was not a thing that we could discuss at that time or I wasn't confident enough to just say like hey like this actually is like this is like stretching me financially and I didn't know what to do about it and it wasn't until a couple times after where I realized that like all of that stuff was adding up you know especially like the older you get and then you throw like in the United States, you can't drink until you're 21. So we just, you like throw that into the mix. And it was like, Oh God, like these bachelorette parties, flights, like flying to help somebody buy a dress or whatever, especially in, you know, like our era of long distance bestiedom and realizing that like it, it is, a, it's a very special kind of pressure that other women put on their women friends, yes. you know? And so, And so for me, I got to the point where I just started saying, no, I was like, actually, I can't do this. And I would clearly tell them, I was like, financially, it's not possible for me. And you learn so much about like your friends and love and just like acceptance and forgiveness when you raise a financial question like that, you know, like some people got really upset and I was like, well, you know, like this says a lot about our friendship that you're not willing to like, this is not a thing that you think is valid. Mm on my end and other people were like very understanding you know and because because in american culture like as a bridesmaid you're expected to pay for everything yeah in africa where i'm from it's actually the other way around so, so it's like the more people you have to be a bridesmaid in your wedding like the more you're gonna go broke exactly. because you literally pay for like down to flights and new underwear and everything you well, just, like, hook them up with like a bridesmaid like baller kit <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like that's its own like set of problems. But 
it's like culturally like the expectations are really different and then um and so it's like doing that and a couple and so one one friend um a couple that I love so much they asked me to officiate their wedding oh wow and that was such a just that was such a tremendous joy for me because I love I like love them so much you know like they're two of my favorite people they're just in that like in the sense that like as a friend you want to be there you know to like love and support your like your your friends and just like tell them that you're their community and that you you're also like a part of just affirming like the union that they have like they're like you know that was my ideal I was like I love you two so much like of course I will do that and you know and I think that like ever since then people too are very apprehensive about asking me to be in their weddings because I've been such a vocal jerk about it (laughs) but you know what I think I just want to go back to the saying no because I feel like so many people in so many facets of our lives we're so conditioned to say yes out of politeness out of whatever Mm -hmm. and I feel the same way that you, there's a, a power in femininity as well of being able to say, listen, this doesn't suit me. I remember seeing Oprah one day, one of the her phrases she used, and this is years ago, she said on one of her shows, the behind the scenes, I was obsessed. The last year she produced the show, they did a behind the scenes of the show. And as a TV person, I thought this is the most amazing thing. But one of her most used phrases is, that's not going to work for me. And I thought, you know, that is great because it's not being an asshole, but it's just going, that is not going to work for me. And I thought that's such a powerful statement. And also it's so powerful saying no to things. We should be saying no a hell of a lot more often. We really should, you know? And I think that like, you know, there's two dynamics there. There's like one, there's something that like, you know, society kind of tells you that you should be ashamed about like talking about money and, and all of that stuff. And as women, that's like, and, and, and you know, that's a very serious hurdle for mm. us, you know, but like two, I think that like, if you have that conversation, well, it also challenges your friend about like how to be a good friend to you and how to integrate you into their lives. Right. I agree. And so I think that that's like the power, the power of saying no in that specific instance is great. It's like, you know what, like if your friend actually really wants you to be at all of these events and all of that stuff means, you know, like that much to her, then it's like work, you know, like work on it. Yeah. Like do it. I, you know, I've had everything from like saying no to like a friend's parent, like stepping in and saying like, actually, it's really important to us. Like we would like, you know, like we would like to buy your dress or we would like to like pay for your hotel room or whatever like will that make a difference you know and and really reassessing again like the perils of like being a bridesmaid when you're 23 you know it's like somebody's parent is like yes like Amina we'll fly you out you know and sometimes I have it's you know it just it honestly like for me it really depended on like where I was financially it was like is it like you know it's like what is actually the issue here and how and how can I be there but at the same time sometimes you know you can honestly like emotionally assess and say like, God, this is going to be a complete like a nightmare. And yeah, you know, and, and it's not suited to my personality and it's not suited to my temperament. And I don't think I can be a helpful, like good friend and also just like step out of the fray. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a friendship ruiner either. You know, it's just like setting very clear expectations. Absolutely. And I think that's actually one of the things that makes friendship stronger when you can be honest and open to someone and just go, listen, this is not my bag or I can't do it, but I love you. 
let's move exactly. on. Exactly. Exactly. Now, your podcast, I want to, you don't need any plugging because it's going gangbusters, as we would say. <laughs> Thanks. We'll take all the plugging. <laughs> we, we, yeah. I do always, whenever I find, and I'm not new to your podcast, but whenever I uh, say, uh, you know, he's a new podcast to listen to, it's, I always love spreading the word. And um, it's just one of those shows that I get warm and fuzzies about. I laugh. As I said, I learn. I, I learn so much about US culture as well, which helps me because lots of my listeners are in the States. Um, but I feel like we connect on so many levels. Oh my God. I'm just, I'm gushing again. Um, no, no, thank you. <laughs> that's like, you know, that's like, I mean, obviously like high praise coming from you. Are oh, you mate. kidding me? Oh like, mate, come on. That's, that's, you know, like that's really awesome. But it's also, you know, like on just like a very basic level that, that makes me really happy. You know, like it sounds cheesy, right? It's like, we just want our listeners to connect with us and like feel that they know us and, you know, and they're learning things like that's honestly like all that we want. And and you're reaffirming a lot of that for us. Oh, so thank you. Well, my pleasure. And I think also as well, because I live in London and a majority of my friends are in Australia, 23 hours away, it sort of makes me, well, it sometimes makes me sad in a lovely way to go, you know, these conversations that you have, you don't have to be sitting in the room with the person. It's, you know, you catch up on these rando topics that come up and they make me giggle and I feel and I feel like that's exactly what really good friendship's about so when you know you and Anne get together it's that's what I want to hear I think that's the power of podcasting as well for so many people to not be near the people they love but to be able to connect like that it's pretty magic right it's just this like I I think that's so important just this like reminder that you're um, you know, like you're not alone and you're not isolated. Yeah. Like you can always pick up the phone to call your friend or you can text them or whatever, you know, it was really funny. Like even you and I scheduling this, you know, you were like, Oh, like that, that scheduling is going to be a nightmare because London and, and, and San Francisco. And I was like, you know what? Like I got you. Like, this is, you know, like this is my life. My family lives in like my family lives in Brussels and, um, and Africa. And it's just like, you know, like this is, this has been a reality of life for me for a long time. So it's like, sometimes it means like you have to wake up a little earlier. Sometimes <laughs> it means you have to stay up a little later, you know, but it's, you've got to make, you've got to make time for the people who matter in your life. You do. And I think it's a bit of a wake up call. Sometimes I listen to your show and go, oh, I haven't texted my friend or we haven't, you know, like WhatsApp. Do you go, this is great that you can watch someone. I just think the power of technology and watch someone typing. You go, they're sitting in Sydney and I'm sitting I in know, London. And they're thinking about yeah, you. It's really nice. We just need to convince my father hilariously. I mean, my dad has still like two years. This is my third year of living here. And he's still like, so what's the time? What time is it there? And I'm like, dad, it's 11 That's hours. Amazing. Just refuses to learn. So what's the night time? You know, it's the night time. Stop it. That's amazing. My dad is the complete opposite. It's oh. like, you can ask him like, you know, like dad, pop quiz. What time is it in Kuala Lumpur right now? <laughs> and he'll like tell you, you know, it's like obviously like career diplomat, but also just a lifetime for people in my family. Like we, um, we, like in my father's generation, they essentially like lived in exile. And so they're so used to having family members really far away from them, you know, and it's just been a, a way of life. Oh man. It's like telling you this now, as I realize I'm like, that probably plays a huge part in like why I'm good at keeping in touch with people. It's great. It's a breakthrough. It's a breakthrough moment. I just, I just learned something about myself. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Save the day. Alicia's always here to help you out. I mean, I'm always oh, here Alicia, the best. Thank break you. through those those family. But it's true. I, I mean, look, 
here, I'm going to say to you, and I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, I went to 16 different schools. I moved around a lot as well. And I know that's why I'm wow. good at making friends. I had the new girl attitude all the time, but I can always have a chat to a stranger. I think it's the life skill. It is a life skill. Listen, and that explains to me so much of like why your show is so relatable, you know, because you can talk to people on so many different levels. Yeah. And, and it does. It feels like very warm and fuzzy and, you know, like, and you just, you always feel like very present, you know? Oh, I think you. there are a few people who can make you feel that way. It's like when you're talking to them, they're always like, you are the most important person in the room. Oh. And I think that like when you talk to your listeners, like, you know, that's like a huge part of that connection. Well, I love them and they're good. I always say, I feel like, and I'm sure you feel the same way, that if we could just have a massive cocktail party with all our listeners, it'd be a really great group of people. I know. We had one in LA a while back where we just had like drinks with a couple of listeners. And honestly, of like all the things that we've done, that's been one of my favorites. And I wish that we could do more of them. We're starting to do more live events. Yeah. And so we're going to start like meeting people IRL. But there's just a part of me that's like, can we have one big slumber party (laughs) and everybody gets to know everyone and everybody leaves with a new friend and all of, yeah, those are all of my aspirations. I'm like logistical nightmares, but you know what? We're going to get there. I, yeah, I think you are going to get there. And I think if we can all become big corporate whores, that we could get a big hotel chain on board. Yeah. And uh, and I say corporate whores with the great utmost respect for us as women um, and as people. But we could get it on board and you go, listen, Hilton, whoever, you fly all the cool your girlfriend. We're going to reunite some girlfriends from all over the world and we're going to bring some brides and bridesmaids in together and we're going to have a massive friends fest. I mean, that's just seems yeah. like a... Well, you know, Ivanka Trump's dad Uh-oh. owns all of these like hotel chains and um, <laughs> he's currently running for president right now. So I think he's a little busy and... You know, like, probably he's not going to win, so he's going to have so much time to give us, and also he has so much redeeming of himself to you. So, and Ivanka Trump, we've been featured on her website twice as, like, a podcast that she likes. I love this so much. (laughs) Which is code for, like, somebody on her staff listens to our show. (laughs) But anyway. um, She's dead to me after that endorsement, by the way. uh, I'm just like, Ivanka Trump, like call us we have a great proposition for how your father can redeem himself in 2016 if can we just start that campaign i'm gonna just like anything you need from me i will be on it this is the perfect campaign redemption of ivanka redemption of the trump name which is probably impossible we're going to give it a crack and also just doing good for the call your girlfriend community I, yeah, and the Save the Day community. You. Are you kidding? If they put all of us up and just, like, I'll take that in lieu of an apology. Me like, too. That would be cool for me. Oh, you know what? Like, stranger things have happened. You never know. Look, you never know. I, Ivanka, call us. Ivanka, you know our contacts. We're all over the social media. We've got websites. We've got attitude. We can get it happening. Let's make it go. We'll make it happen. I have so many lovely listeners who are dealing with coping with long distance friendships when it comes to organizing their wedding. Did you have, as a bridesmaid, did you have brides that were in other parts of the world or country when you were part of their weddings? Oh, I want to say almost always because (laughs) most of the, you know, like, yeah, it's like most of the weddings I've been to are like high school, college, and then a lot of, um, a lot of like post college still, but like I would say the bulk of them were like high school and college, mm, you know, mm. in that like bridesmaid territory. But 
the technology has certainly like made it a little easier, right? I think um, nothing makes me happier than a super organized bride. Ooh. I'm just like, yes. If I see a spreadsheet, I get very excited. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, oh, this lady is just about to run the whole show. God bless. <laughs> but so, you know, I think that like the same principles, honestly, to like a lot of long distance friendships like matter, right? It's like, you got to keep in touch. You just, you got to do it. And that means like, either you know like I say like pick your medium and be consistent at it it's like if it's um email then you know like be on top of your email if it's texting be on top of your text I don't know I think that that's one aspect of it and now especially with like a lot of my international friends like we whatsapp a lot we you know like we do the phone check-in like all of that thing we work in the same document and just like I think that the thing about like the long distance like wedding planning that it does is that it forces you to be really efficient with like everybody's time yeah, and introduces like an important set of constraints. But I think that like, honestly, like keeping in touch is important. It's like, find out what the new, whatever the new fangled technology is that you're using to keep in touch. Like that's the thing. Um, are this, I'm, I'm a bridesmaid and a wedding of a very, very, very dear friend who introduced Anne and I to each other. And she's been like, so on top of it. It's like, she has an engagement party in Lagos, Nigeria, and then the weddings in Santa Fe. Wow. And just everything from like her email, like, you know, like the call, it was really cute. Like she called me and she was like, I know that you think this is really cheesy, but I would really like you to be my wedding. And I was like, "You, you know, like, you're like my sister. Of course I'm going to be in the wedding. <laughs> and also I don't think it's cheesy, you know? And she's like probably one of the most like efficient people I know. So I was like, yes, like you probably not going to waste my time. But you know, so everything from like her, just her emails have been like really clear. She's like, here are the like three events that I need you ladies at, you know, and just, and, um, you know, and she's doing like, especially because this engagement party is in Lagos, which is like very far away. Yeah. And uh, very expensive to get through. Mm. She, you know, like, they're doing the bulk of the, like, visa processing for everyone. Like, finding us a hotel and all, you know, like, they're just, I really appreciate them, like, just doing that, like, logistical extra steps so that everybody else isn't, like, dying. But, um, you know, and then the rest of the stuff, honestly, is, like, very, um, it's, like, you have to be chill about it. It's, like, if you're asking people from across the country or whatever, like, the planet to be in your way you can't expect them all to be there for when you go buy a wedding dress, for example, Mm. you know? And so I think that in that regard, she has been really cool and chill about being like, here's a day that I can go. If you could make it, that would be awesome. But like, certainly no pressure. And it's very sincere and real. It's not a guilt trip at all. And so for me, it's like, obviously that's not an outing that I can make, but you know, I know that like somebody's going to send me pictures from that day and keep me posted. You could periscope in. You could make that happen. Oh my God. Video. Like I'm not there emotionally where I'm like down with too much video communication, <laughs> you know, but like, but it's just like little touches like that. Right. Yeah. Where you're just like, thanks for making me be a part of it. But thanks for not forcing me to have to be a part of That's it. That's the good two points. Thanks for thinking about me, but realizing it's probably not going to happen, but I'm still like here. Don't ignore me. I really like that. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's an easy mistake to make, I think, a lot of the time. If you're far away, people go, oh, she can't make it, so I won't even acknowledge that she's there. And that can hurt feelings. And it's just about saying, I get it, but here's this thing, or here's a collage of photographs for you. 
Exactly. You know, and also like, it's like know your strengths, right? Like for me, I know that I'm like a fairly, like, um, I'm very good in a crisis. I'm good with the parents. It's like, if you have difficult divorce parents, like I'm always the friend that gets called in because like small talk is my specialty slash, you know, parent of like diplomat, like child of diplomats. Mm. I'm just like, I can broker peace between like (laughs) any two parents. So like, you know, it's like, know your strengths and like, know what you bring to the table. I'm like, I, I'm like, if you need help with like cake or whatever, like, I'm not that person. If you, you know, like, I don't know, you need to pick out like parts of your program or shit. Like, that's not what I'm like, I can't do that for you. But I'm just like, literally, if you're, you know, like your parents are divorced and you're afraid about how to deal with them, like, I'm that person. Or if you're one of your parents, it's entertaining, like. I can do that. Do you need to have like grandparents picked up from the airport? I'm like, I like, I can be that person for you. I feel like this could be a second business for you. I mean, you, it's not like you don't have enough. On oh my God. Plate. The perfect bridesmaid. Yeah. Absolutely. There is a girl actually, this is one of the questions I've forgotten her name. So what? Oh yeah. No, the, the woman who runs the, like, yeah. she like, she'll be your bridesmaid. Yeah. No, I think it's genius. So you and she's great. getting paid for it. I'm like, duh. She's cashing in. I'm actually trying to chase her to be on the show. Cause I think she'd be a great guest just to talk about the insano things people do, but also just, I think from her perspective, not being connected to these people, you can really observe without having any emotional connection. It would be. Fantastic. Oh yeah. It's, I think, you know, honestly, I mean, that's like the premise of wedding crashers, right? Yeah. It's the not being emotionally entangled with people just makes a lot of the stuff easier, Yeah, you know, but you know, like going back to like what specifically like bridesmaids duties are, I think too, that like defining them is really important, totally. you know? Because it's, like, one thing to ask your friend to, like, stand in, you know, like, stand next to you for, like, photo ops. And it's a completely other thing to just, like, burden them with all of these, like, super emotional things. And I think that those are things that you have to be really clear about, like, early on, right? So that you don't, like, trap people. It's, like, respect people's time. Mm-hmm. Just respect their time. And, and respect their feelings and respect your friendship. Because, I don't know, I just... Nothing frustrates me more than, like, somebody that you're a close friend with who, like, turns out to be a complete bridezilla, you know, and it's so out of character sometimes. Yeah. Because the culturally, the expectation is, like, when you're getting married, you get whatever you want. And I'm like, first of all, that shit's not set on stone. Mm-hmm. And second of all, who died and made you a bridezilla? Like, <laughs> no. Just no. You, like, don't get to be a petulant child because you're having a wedding. And it's so disappointing, isn't it? Like heartbreaking. It's happened to me a few times and I've gone, oh, fuck, this is, why, why? It's always, it honestly, it always shocks me. It always shocks me so much. Like I'm obsessed with watching the actual show Bridezilla and I think that like (laughs) a lot of that is what happens and plays into it. But when it happens to you in IRL, you know, like there's just, there's something about it that is so heartbreaking. And the thing is that like, you know, when your friends get married, you, you actually like learn a lot about them that you didn't realize. Like my favorite is whenever like the ceremony ends up being very religious and you've like known these people for 10 years and you're like, I, like We've I never even know you had like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I literally, I didn't know you had like a spiritual ounce in your body. And here we are, everybody's taking communion. Like those always shock <laughs> me. I'm just like, how are you, you know, and I think that a lot of the stuff there that's at play is that people try to please their parents, yeah. you know, yeah. which, you know, like, I'm like, another piece of wedding advice for people I have is usually I'm like, if you want to do your wedding your way, it means that you like, you have to think long and hard about taking your parents money. Totally. If you take the money, 
they have a say in your wedding. If you don't take the money, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm like, if you want to get married in like, you know, like a barbecue restaurant and have a keg outside and just like be very chill, you get to do that. But if mom and dad are paying for it, you've got to think about that choice. Yeah. And you need to have discussions. If mom and dad are paying for it and you feel really against something that they're pushing, I always sort of say, well, don't have a discussion a week before the wedding because you really fucked off that they've made decisions I know it's like how it's so funny how many of these problems are mitigated by like just talk about it communicate communicate (laughs) right and and nobody communicates everybody is just like well this is this is what the expectation this is how they did it in 1774 like so clearly I have to do it this way and I'm like are you kidding me like no bride chillers communicate that's what they do yeah no bride chill bride chillers communicate also, bright chillists don't think that they're a special snowflake, right? No. It's just, I'm like, listen, your wedding is, like, very cute and special, but, like, I go to a lot of these things. You guys are all, <laughs> like, shopping from the same Etsy store. You're all, you know, like, it, it's true. I'm like, in some sense, it is very cheesy and, like, not profoundly, like, not cool. But that's okay. It's, like, very okay. Yeah. But you have to realize that you're not a special snowflake. Like, this year alone, I've already gotten, like, five wedding invitations, and I'm like, I'm 30, and I'm like, what? I thought that this wave had passed. Like, I was really excited after college, because I thought that, like, nobody was getting married anymore. But, you know, it's like, then life changes. You make, like, new friends, and then, you know, like, they get married, and then there's also the, you know, like, there's, I think that there's, like, the serious, like, 30 bump also, Mm. where, like, all of your, like, cool progressive friends are finally getting married, (laughs) because they're, like... We can afford to, and it's cool now. And they'll be and the great then, weddings. They'll be the great weddings. Yeah, no, those are all, please. It's like weddings full of adults, like always. <laughs> but, you know, the other thing that's really funny is that, like, the high school wave, we are now seeing our first round of divorces, which <gasps> to me is, like, kind of hilarious. Amazing. You know, like, not that divorce is a hilarious sure. thing, sure. but just the, the fact that, like, I'm like, oh, wow, some of you have been married for, like, 12 years. That's, like, longer than, like, most people, you know? But you're, like, completely different humans now. And have you been to remarriages yet? Second marriages? Oh, my God. I went to one remarriage. It is – I can't – I can't even. I (laughs) – this made me so upset because this person (laughs) – and I'm like, I'm going to send this to her because we've talked about this. And I think that like, we like, you know, we've both made our peace with the remarriage, but like turned into a for real bridezilla on like round two. Really? And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm sorry if you are getting remarried and I was at your first wedding and I gave you a present, I'm not buying you like something super like her wedding registry was ridiculous, you know? I was like, first of all, you should have all of this stuff from your first marriage. So like, stop asking for it. And I, it was like, it was like the first wedding that I went to where like the invitation like clearly stated it was like, so-and-so would rather have cash, Ah. you know, like, which is so tacky. Yeah. It's so tacky and like rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is not okay. I'm like, this is not okay on so many levels. But my new rule now is that, like, also, if I'm a guest at your wedding, unless you're, like, a very close friend, you know, like, sister close, I'm like, I buy your wedding present after the wedding because I'm like, if you treat me right, I treat you right. (laughs) This is, it's transactional. I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) And also, if I have to fly, like, 10,000 miles to your wedding, 
probably you're not going to get like a $200 gift from me. Yeah. Like real and, talk. and listen to that, people that are listening right now. This is, if you are asking people to do crazy shit and go to crazy, you know, expenses and traveling all over the world, perhaps just back off on the pressure with the gifts. It's a very good point. I know. And also, here's the thing about the gifts. Your parents and their friends are going to give you so much cash. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, that's one way to break even. It's like, if you want money and you're just like a greedy person, invite your friend's parents to your wedding like that's how that works like those are the people that like come to you and they like slip you an envelope with like 500 dollars in it like you know what i mean like that's their job and that's how they roll but like your friends are not like a cash cow like that's like that is not fair or cool and if you're asking them i think one thing that really shoots me at the moment is this idea that you're asking friends to go on some sort of elaborate uh, hens or bucks or bachelorette thing where they're going, hey, we're going to go to Mexico for the weekend. And you're like, well, that's actually quite expensive. And the next weekend after that, you want to come to our wedding. you got to think about people's situations. The sitch is not the same for everyone. Yeah. I have a, you know, I want to say I have a firm rule on bachelorette parties also. I, unless I'm planning it, I probably won't go to it mm. because, yeah, it's like, you got to take the time off. You, it's always a disaster. Always. Somebody always cries. Yep. Oh my God. Somebody always cries. <laughs> and you know, like for me, it's just not my vibe. I just don't. Um, it's like, if you want to do that, like wild stripper or whatever thing, like that's, I'm like, it's just not for me and I'm not comfortable in that kind of environment. So I won't do it. Yeah. And then now I'm like, you know, I'm noticing some like chiller trends. Like, you know, like people want to work out all the time. Like, man, it's like, when did the organized workout as like a bachelorette party thing happen? Because I was like, that's cool. But also I'm like, I don't want to work out. All I want to do is like sit in my pajamas and like eat french fries. So that's not going to happen. That's also my dream. Or, I love working out, but know, I also like sitting in my pajamas and eating french fries with a glass of wine. Exactly. So, you know, for me, like, you know, the ideal is I was like, yeah, you know, like I would love to go somewhere with you, but it can't have like a crazy wild party agenda because that's just not who I am. I'm like, I support you in every way. If you need help planning it, I will help you plan it. But I just, you know, it's like, go where you are comfortable. Mm. We're not real housewives. I mean, I sometimes wish I was. I wish I was on um, what version. Okay. Okay. My friend, and this is the hilarious thing. Uh, I like all the white ones and that makes me sound like a dirty racist and it's not. I mean, that's like very problematic <laughs> because I don't know that, that like, first of all, there's only one like predominantly African-American. Well, now there's two, but like, you know, we, predominantly African-American one, which say- is Atlanta, which has like white women in it. <laughs> And then Potomac, which also kind of has white women in it. Can I just say, saying that to you just made me blush, cringe, and just laugh so hard I had to snort off the microphone. Listen, don't blush. Just open your mind a little bit and invest in Atlanta Housewives. My beautiful friend Claire, we we talk about Housewives. So I love uh, love the Orange County because it's the original, right? I love a Vicky. And I do love love a Beverly Hills. I'm a bit obsessed with uh, the new Blondie on Beverly Hills at the moment. I watch too much of this shit. It's honestly, I need, this is why I listen to your show because I learn about the world and then I go to Bravo and I ruin my mind. So I need to just embrace Atlanta and then I'll be fine. But it's just the joke because to go, you need to just expand your horizons with the housewives. You should expand your horizons. And also here's the deal. 
Atlanta is like kind of where it's at. Like I've heard honestly, early seasons of Atlanta, like I have seen the entire universe. I'm not even biased because they're women of color. <laughs> they really put that show on the map. But you know, one that you did not mention Please. is Real Housewives of Melbourne. What's up? With that? Okay. Let's talk. I've got friends that worked on this show. It's a fucking mind fuck. That's the only nicest way to say it. These women are hardcore. And, you know, people think Australians are really nice, but I think we could be some of the bitchiest, most Do people, people really think Australians are nice? That is not what people think. <laughs> that is not, that is in fact not the stereotype. <laughs> We're awful people. And the problem is you put a couple of drinks in an Australian as well and we get rough. We don't have, we don't hold back. It gets nasty and it's like, oh, and you get like the way our voices change and I hear it in the show and especially being overseas, I feel a bit disconnected from it, but I still watch the show and it's like, man, these women, I don't care how much coin you've got, you are bottom right. It's really crazy. Yeah, no, that, the, the first season of the Australia one really, I like didn't know that reality TV could be too much for me. And that's where I was like, this is where I draw the line. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you a secret and I've never said it on the show, but I've had a psychic reading by Jackie Giles. Stop. Yep. I feel like I, should, oh. I want to save this for your show. If I am lucky enough to come on your show, I feel like this is the story to tell. Oh my God. First of all, with that story, you have secured your entry onto my show. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I'm gonna. That's like I'm, actually insane. I'm not gonna tell the story. I'm just gonna leave it like a, a little. Okay, perfect. Gift. No worries. To be continued. <laughs> Uncall your girlfriend very soon. That's that insane, can... Alicia. Uh, it was a crazy, crazy day, and so much happened. So and Ben was there. Oh my god, so much. So wow. This is this. I, you know, I usually I would pry the story out of you, no. but you know what? It's okay. Say no more. Because I think this is a nice way to say to my listeners, if you want to hear and you're going, who the hell is Jackie Giles? Firstly, go away, Google. Go away and Google and spend some time. Watch The Real Housewives. I'm going to go away and watch Atlanta. I'm going to start at episode one, season one. Start at episode one, season one. Open, you know, like open up your minds and heart. Don't be the stereotypical Australian that doesn't watch black reality TV oh, shows. It's so awful. I sound like such a prick that's not my intention you know it's not my intention i'm just a little white girl from hobart who uh a little white girl from hobart you know <laughs> i i'm gonna google where that is tasmania but... i'm from tassie oh man that's cool yeah, yeah you know we're that's right. super cool but very very far away very far away from home so far away from home and my girlfriend claire will just literally lose her shit when she's heard that I've said this. I've declared that to you, especially because she's also such a huge fan of the show. So uh, that's hilarious. That's gonna be that's gonna be amazing, man. I this is also inspiring me to watch season three of Real Housewives of Melbourne yeah. because I was I was like I don't think I can do this, but you know what? I feel re-energized. I can do this. This is this is perfect. When Call Your Girlfriend goes on our, on our international tour, because we have quite a few listeners in Australia. In fact, we on our show recently, we had a kerfuffle with a woman from New Zealand, and I had to like call her out for being an asshole. Mm. But all of these Australian listeners wrote in, and they were all like, "Yeah, typical New Zealand yeah. lady." Whoa! And yeah. that made me that made me so happy. I was just like, "Ugh!" I was like, "I love this." Oceania drama in the inbox. Well played, ladies. I feel like Gina's so, perfect yeah. for your show as a guest, by the way. You know, I man, that scares me on so many levels. <laughs> 
like, you know, can you imagine like Gina on a podcast? I think Gina is made for television. Yeah. She is made for television. Like podcasting is like, that is not the medium for her. You know, she's, so Gina, if, uh, again, if you've not watched the show, Gina is, uh, I don't know how to describe her makeup. It's full on. She knows how to use a tan, a self tanner. It's a lot. It's just, you know, it's a lot and it's committed. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how I describe it. But she's I'm just like, how, I'm like, how did, does this get on all of your sheets and yeah. everything that you own? I think Who it knows? does. It must. She just uses a lot of it and it's a lot of back combing. I don't know how she gets the hair, if she just sleeps in that. But the weird thing is, you know, she's quite a respected barrister in Melbourne and, uh, Oh, you know, she's like, trust, I've like read about this on the internet because I went on a like serious deep dive. <laughs> so respected in her profession, which like blows the mind yeah. further. And her sister's a very famous Australian fashion designer. So she comes from really interesting, you know, like she's, she's fascinating. And I sort of feel like she's intellectually completely like, all the rest of them are out of her league intellectually, but her voice, I think with podcasting would be fascinating. Um, fucking love you, Gina, though. I love you. Oh my god, love you, Gina. Rooting for you. Um, come on every one of our shows. This is ridiculous. Oh my god. All right. Well, look, I I I don't want to stop talking to you. Just just want to say that you're the best. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my me god, on. that was it's this was really cool. A totes pleasure. And um, I can't wait to tell you the psychic story. I'll even try and find a little clip. I did. I interviewed her for Australian television. I might even find a bit of an audio oh, clip of it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my, and I am getting so excited at the prospect of all of this. Um, Alicia, I can't wait to come on Color Girlfriend to oh tell god. us the rest of the story. If you want to hear it, uh, tune in very soon. I die. I totally die. Now, if people, for God's sake, if they've been living under a podcasting rock, where do they find out more information about you, what you do, and uh, how to find you? Um, they can find out about Call Your Girlfriend on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. Um, we are also an Acast show, so they can find us on the Acast app or on iTunes. And, um, you were also on Twitter, call YRGF. Um, and where else? Yeah, you know, I think that's about it. You can also find me on Twitter by just Googling my name. I'm a fairly ridiculous tweeter. Or on Instagram, same thing, just first name. And, uh, yeah, oh. join the party. Join the party, indeed. And um, just thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, for putting up with my bad Real Housewives watching and uh, sharing the love. I've just had a delightful afternoon. What a great way to end my day. The best, and my day is just getting started. Have a fantastic, fantastic weekend, Alicia. <laughs> Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.